there was a thing in the 80s called the Satanic Panic. And it was a problem. But we're kind of over that now. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I'm oh. going to elaborate on that one a little bit. <laughs> yes, there, I gladly will. Or are we just going to breeze over that? I was going to breeze past it just for the fun. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Misfits Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Connor. And today we have a special guest with us. Last week we actually answered one of his questions. It is Tim. Hi, Tim. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad at all. Alright, and Connor, we got Tim here. And what are we talking about today with Tim? Alright, today we'll be covering uh, tabletop role-playing games. That is Tim's specialty. That's probably what I'm most known for, yeah. <laughs> but before that, before we get into all that, we do... Tim, the viewers need to get to know you a little bit. So let's start off with you know, who you are and how you met us. Yeah, so uh, as they say, I am Tim. Um, I, uh, I, met, I met you first, Matt. Uh, long after I was supposed to meet you. Yes, we have same, similar friends and we were supposed to meet up somewhere in the past, but we never did. We never did. And then we officially met about three-ish years ago Three now? or four, yeah. Yeah. Um, and immediately became friends. Yep. Um, and yeah, we've been talking nerdy stuff. Since day one, basically. Sounds well. like a, sounds like a, sounds like meeting Matt. <laughs> yeah, I bring I, the nerdy out in everyone. I'm sorry. Having having listened to you guys, I feel like that's the vibe that you guys just emanate. Literally, like I remember, <laughs> the way I met Matt was I was working like at the cashier as like the the uh, at my register, and he just walks up to the register and was all like, "So I heard you like comic books." <laughs> it's so true. It's exactly how it happened. Yep. That's all Fran, though, because Fran told both of us we we were both nerds, and she was like, you guys need to talk. I was so, like, okay. It does sound like a classic meeting of Matt. Mm-hmm. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure, you, like, Matt, you saw my tattoo of dice and immediately went, nerd. <laughs> I yeah. know that. That's yeah. nerds. And then, and then attacked me with nerd things. Yep. That, that also sounds accurate. Yeah. And then you officially met Connor about 20 minutes about before 20, the recording ago, yeah. of this episode. It's been great so far. <laughs> I have no complaints. That's good. That's a, that's a promising start. <laughs> or else this you episode might by the end of this. Very <laughs> um, and Tim, what are some of your interests when it comes to nerd culture? Like, are you into comics, Marvel, DC, anime, manga? Like, the list goes on, but like, what are some of your interests? Uh, yeah, I'm not too big into the anime manga scene. Um, I think the lot, like, I love all the Miyazaki stuff. Because who doesn't? Um, I have a soul, so I like it. Um, other than that, like, I'm old. Like, I like the old, like, Fruits Basket. Mm-hmm. Was super cute when I was younger. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Haven't watched Brotherhood yet. I've been meaning to. Yeah, now there's a Brotherhood version of Fruits Basket. Now, yeah, now there's a Brotherhood <laughs> version of Fruit Basket. <laughs> Got a lot uh, which, catching up to do. Which I've been told I also need to watch oh, by my other Fruits Basket friends. It's unreal. I, I um, gave it 10 out of 10. But other than that, like, that's, I think I've read a couple, there's some weird ones, like Shuffle, I don't know if you guys have heard of that one. It's a shuffleboard? It's it's weird, it's like a 24 episode anime, the first 12 episodes are like, super gratuitous high school anime, and then the last half of it gets super serious. It's the weirdest shift, (laughs) it goes from like, beach episode to somebody dying. Oh. Oh. It's wonderful. It takes a nice twist. Yeah, Uh, but I actually, a friend of mine... Spent some time in Japan and brought me back the art book for that. Oh, cool. So, okay. the only thing I can recognize are the dimensions of the characters, because those are the only numbers. 
Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm huge into sci-fi. Um, pretty much if it has a star in the title, I'm a fan of it. Um, so Star Trek, Star, star Wars, obviously. Uh, Battlestar Galactica is a great thing, both the original and the remake. Um, and I will fight anyone who tells me otherwise. <laughs> um, Stargate, all three series. Uh, for a short time, I was the... Me and a friend of mine were the only Stargate uh, webcomic okay, in existence. Yeah. We did about ten issues and then stopped. Um, we got busy. It was university times. Um, yeah, love Doctor Who. Um, that kind of... Dune is phenomenal. I still have to watch the new movie. Um... And then, yeah, like I do uh, for comic books. Most of my comic book collection is uh, New 52 stuff. Um, Can relate. Yep, I, I, I fell into the, oh my god, Jeff Johns. Um, Can relate. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. And then, like, all of the, the Court of Owls brought me in. Like, I have the entire Bat Family arc. Yep. Um, and stuff like that. I love all of the Green Lantern stuff from the New 52 era. Heck New yeah. Guardians was phenomenal. Um, and then, like... The, the weird outlier for me of the New 52 is Wonder Woman. Like interesting. It's, it's an interesting storyline, but the art style for it was so different from everything else I was reading at the time. Because it's kind of like, it's kind of looks like kind of sketchbooky. Okay. Okay. And really cool. And it's, there's a lot of God stuff involved, which. That is Wonder Woman. Is a big step away <laughs> for me from the dark streets of Gotham. You know? Yeah, like, that's fair, yeah. Um, or Bloodhaven or whatever the. Bad family. Yeah, not generic yeah. dark crime yeah. city. <laughs> And then, like, the, the other one that's kind of an outlier for me, and this will cause some cause some disruptions, I'm sure, um, Batgirl of Burnside. Mm, interesting. Mostly because I enjoy Babstar's art. I feel it's, like art's a big thing, too. Like, if you like the art, you're always going to get the story. Exactly, time. yeah. And, like, I my education was in visual art. Okay. So it's huge for me to see a very unique style. Um, and, yeah... Her just jumped out of me. Same with um, uh, stepping away from the DC, uh, Andy Stevenson, uh, who did Nimona and Lumberjanes. Okay. And was the creative everything behind the new She-Ra series. Yep. Um, they, like, their storytelling is just amazing. Um, both them and their partner, um, Molly Ostertag. Um, just brilliant work. Um, yeah, and then I love board games. I love, uh, obviously tabletop RPGs. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure half my board game collection I can blame on Will Wheaton. <laughs> um, and his show Tabletop. I think I have at least 20 or 25 games that actually showed up in episodes, and it's oh like, boy. I need that. I don't know why, but I need it. Well, like, as soon as you see, like, people, like, explaining it, like, use. playing it. Yeah. <laughs> It's always enjoyable, right? You're like, wow, that those are some really cool minis. You're just like, when I, I get friends, them. I'll play that. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, oh, I get to be a panda and just walk around and eat bamboo? Yes, please. I'm pretty sure I did that in a game recently. Oh, Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's an island called Panda Island where you turn into a panda. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Yeah, this is, uh, I think it's called Takanoko. And it's, you literally, there are three things you can do. You can be a panda and eat, pan and eat bamboo. You can be the gardener and get mad at the panda while trying to grow bamboo oh. or you can try and expand the gardens and it's like you're trying to please the emperor it's a very it's it's a fun little cute game it's very chill it's very chill um until someone puts a tile down that screws up your entire plan 
uh, classic board classic games. board games. And then you can still get mad at the and people you you're get, playing with. And then you rage, and then it's fine because you're still raging as a panda. Um, but yeah, like cl- the classic board game. Like I love Ticket to Ride. Uh, Settlers of Catan is great. I have the original original series Star Trek version as well, where you actually play as oh, members Catan, of the Star yeah. Trek crew. Do you have a favorite board game, or like a couple favorite uh, board games? Um, my Oh, that's a hard question to ask a dude with a collection as big as mine. Um, well, I know like you you play the Stardew Valley board game. Yeah, lot, I play like. the Stardew one a lot because it's it's a it's a fun little co op like one to four player. Um, I love I love the Dinosaur Island because um, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. Um, excited! I want to get Jurassic World event or, or Dinosaur World eventually, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and all of its expansions. It's got two or two three or, expansions now? Two or now? three now, I think, yeah. Um, otherwise, like, a lot of the ones that I'm really in love with are basically RPGs, but as a board game. Okay. Um, there's some really fun, like, Sword and Sorcery is a great one. Descent from, uh, I think it's Fantasy Flight Games makes that one. Um, and then stuff like Mice and Mystics, where you're the nobles of a castle who have been turned into mice and have to fight off cockroaches and evil rats and... It's cool while, concept. Avo- while avoiding the cat that lives in the kitchen while you're trying to collect cheese. Classic. Yeah. Or the raven that lives in the courtyard. Like, it's... It's cute. And then stuff like uh, Zombie Side is great, too, if you want to, like, a good horror vibe. It's crazy that, um, like, board games are, like, just IRL version of video games, really. Oh, 100%. Right? Like... Because I play a lot of video games, but I don't play a lot of board games. My board games are, like, I'll, like, maybe play with my family and I'll play, like, Clue. Yeah. Right? Traditional. Like, which can be fun and also rage-inducing because it is a board game. It's a classic. But it's like, it's so crazy that so many like RPG board games are literally just RPGs, just a different style of telling the story. Oh, right? yeah. And it's, they're, they're in a way that can make a lot of sense, especially like, I have two kids. Yep. Um, and they're like 10 and 11 right now. So they're, they're on that border where they, where they might understand like D&D style board games or D&D style tabletop games, sorry. Um, but having it as a board game where you know that it's a contained story is that much easier for them to get. Yeah. It has like the tracks to follow. Yeah. And everything that they need is literally on a like four by six card in front of them as opposed to the mountains of paper that are my character sheets. (laughs) The endless amount of content you can get through a simple D&D campaign. Even one shots, right? Yeah, exactly. The the binder that is my character for my last game, like... I think this is a perfect segue into uh, a couple questions Connor and I have created for this, like, intro to role-playing S kind of episode, is do you find it hard to get into RPGs? Uh, see, that's a mixed question. I feel like there's, like, it's, a stigma around it. There super is, even now. Um, it was even worse. There was a thing in the 80s called the Satanic Panic. And it was a problem. But we're kind of over that now. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> oh. I'm going to elaborate on that one a little bit. <laughs> yes, there, I gladly will. <laughs> or are we just going to breeze over that I was going to breeze past it just for the fun. But no, if you want me to go back to it. So it was caused by um, the cover of... Like, Dungeons & Dragons, specifically in the 80s, uh, is a very large demon. Okay, fair. Mostly because you are fighting one. That's right. the whole idea. Um, but there was a, a film loosely based on an FBI case called, I want to say it was 
Mazes and Minotaurs. I might be wrong. It's a Tom Hanks movie. Um, and it was about this guy in college who went a little dissociative and started thinking his D&D character was an actual, was actually him. Okay. I'm pretty sure there was a Criminal Minds episode like that. Too. Probably. There probably was. And like, I want to say there was a Bones one that was kind of like that too. Um, it's a thing. Um, but it caused a big, especially in more religious communities, um, where playing Dungeons and Dragons was seen as like... Witchcraft. Witchcraft and actual like worshipping of the, the devil. devil. Mm. Um, and there are still communities like that, unfortunately. Um, but for the most part, everyone's kind of gotten past it. Um, and especially now that it's, it's become more of a mainstream thing. Like, you could be driving down a street in L.A. and see a billboard for Critical Role. Yeah. Any given day of the week. For sure. Um, and it's like, oh, hey, there's that. And then you go and you look and it's like, oh, Vin Diesel plays Dungeons & Dragons. Terry Crews plays. Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is a giant nerd. Yeah. Um, like... You have Stranger Things, too. Stranger Things is helping yeah. bring it back, too. Do you think the pandemic had any help with bringing D&D back? Oh, definitely. definitely. I feel like that definitely gave a lot of people, like, extra time it and gave, spare Yeah, time, it gave people right? the time. Um, I I love listening to, like, the news from out of Wizards of the Coast who published D&D. Um, and, like, their sales boon has just gone through the roof these past couple of years. Um because people have the time and are more willing to give it a shot because there's nothing to do. Um, and like, that's how all of the campaigns that I'm in right now have kind of started. That's was we were bored and it's like, you guys want to play Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> yeah. I really? think also like if you're new to role playing, it's a lot easier when you're not seeing people when, when it's just your voice yeah. and you're just, you know, hanging out with friends and it's not as, you know, you shouldn't be embarrassed because you're all playing together. It's like part of the game, right? Yeah. Where, but if you're not as comfortable, I feel like that not in-person part can make it a little easier to get to kind of ease your way into for it. For sure, for sure. Um, like, I was brought into a game as the experienced player. Uh, both the Dungeon Master and none of the other players when we started that game had ever actually played a game of Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. So they brought me in to be like the, hey, how would this rule work? <laughs> so I was kind of, I was kind of, the rule book, basically. Um, and we're still playing that game. It's wonderful. And pretty much everyone who's playing that game wants to play a second campaign when we're done. Which is, a, which is a phenomenal sign. Yeah, that means everything's going that great. Means, yeah, and they're, they're showing up every week. Um, and, like, loving it. And, the, like, the role play side of it was a little iffy at first, but it's going to be for everyone. Um, and that's okay. Um... If you're looking at a page and seeing numbers, it's hard to be like, now what does your character sound like? Yeah, for sure. How do they react to this particular situation? I'm like, uh, swing? <laughs> like, but yeah. like, and getting back to your question, <laughs> now, <laughs> since we digressed a little bit there, um, getting into D Dungeons and Dragons is one of those things, it's the nerdiest game you could do, but you require friends to do it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you can't do D and D by you, yourself. Well, you can, but it's not. It's nowhere near the same caliber. Yeah. Um, even like one on one, you can do a, a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. Which is great. There are stories that are written for specifically a dungeon master and one player. Um, but those games are very situational. Um, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. Chance if you're interested in it, 
chances are there's a group near you that are looking for somebody. Yeah, there's lots of online tools too now to find groups. You know, you can hop on Reddit. You, there's Discord. Yeah. It's Facebook groups. I'm sure. LinkedIn. You can find even. yeah communities easily. I mean, even like um, my friend, he works um, for like a tech company, and they have in in their own Slack channel. There's a Dungeons and Dragons. Anyone? Yep. There's a sub, there's join, a sub channel. Yep. They can all join, and you That's know awesome. you can ask each other questions. I'm sure you can find people to play with. So. Ask even people out at your own work. You never know who. I feel like some people just keep it really on the on, on oh, the download. So you know, just ask. You know. Yeah. And the other thing is, if you do know someone in a game, ask if you can join for you know a session. They can you can make a character that they bump into. Yeah. On the road, and if you figure out if you like it or not. Or or even just sit in. Yeah. Like, you don't sure. even have to play. Like just just be present and just experience. Because it's it's a communal storytelling thing, right? So even if you're not involved in the story you still feel attached to it if for you're sure. there yeah i think um, the other thing is um a big thing for our games um if you're not comfortable role playing you can always just say like hey my character would react like this or do this you don't have to necessarily like i feel like a lot of people nowadays definitely will like check check out critical role or other um big um streamed games and they're wonderful they're fantastic they're, they're, they're fantastic to watch but you know we're talking about professional voice actors doing characters you know yep. that's a high standard to absolutely. meet absolutely so you know if you don't feel comfortable playing out your character like that just say what they would do say hey this is how my character would react to yep. this situation you don't have to be extreme and you don't have to meet those standards and that's not the expectation people are having around you during your game no either. and you should never feel like you have to be that good yeah exactly there's there's a huge problem out there with especially for Dungeon Masters. The Mercer Effect? Who have watched Critical Role and suffer from the Mercer Effect. But the best part is, even Matthew Mercer suffers from the Mercer Effect. I know, isn't that crazy? It's like the worst thing it's, ever. He has the worst case of imposter syndrome, and I love him for it. And he's like the nicest guy, too. Absolutely. He's like, like just he's play wonderful. the way you want. Enjoy yeah. your games. He's like, don't put any pressure. He's like, I play my games the way I run my games. Let, you know, everyone runs their games differently. He's yeah. like, that's part of the fun. That's part of why we do what we do. Poor Matt Mercer. Poor, poor Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to a next question. What advice was you would you give to someone who is on the fence or someone who doesn't have anyone else to play with? I know we kind of talked about, like, you can definitely find, like, Reddit channels and stuff like that of people that are trying to stay on campaign. But, like, what would be your advice who, for someone who is on the fence or doesn't really know if they should go into D&D, but they are obviously, like, a nerd probably? But... Yeah, like any advice you can give to people that want to get into D&D but aren't sure. Um, obviously, like what we said about looking, like trying to find a group, there's there's stores that you can go to, like your friendly local game store. Uh, chances are either the guy behind the counter, one of the guys browsing the shelves, can answer some questions for you. Um, and if, uh, like if something like Dungeons & Dragons isn't quite your style... Um, if you're more of a sci-fi nerd, like there's, there's a really amazing Star Trek RPG. There's some really great Star Wars ones. There's one that just came out for The Expanse, which is really, I've been reading through that RPG book and that's like a really cool divergence from standard science fiction. Um, or if you want more horror stuff, like there's literally everything that you could be interested in, in nerd culture exists in Dungeons and Dragons or exists in RPGs rather 
Um, well, even like Hasbro nowadays has their own too, right? Yeah. Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Transformers My there's Little Pony. Airbender, there's a Last Airbender one coming out. There I saw. is. That I'm, was wait, I'm waiting for my that brother, yeah, My brother bought it. and he, He's not a big RPG, but he loves he's Avatar. Love, yeah, see, and so, that's exactly what it is, right? right? So maybe, you know, and that could be, you know, there's something out there for everyone, yeah. basically, right? Like, if you like something, there's probably an there's, RPG for there, it. There, there's even... Uh, who publishes it? I think it's... Um, Modifius, the same company that makes Star Trek, um, they have one called Morkborg, which is a heavy metal RPG. Why not? Right? right. Like, I haven't looked into it too much myself, but it kind of sounds like the old like heavy metal movie, like the animated movie from the eighties. Like it feels like that kind of vibe, but as an RPG, which would just be bonkers to me. Yeah, that'd be um, crazy. Do you have any recommendations for, like, RPGs in a box to kind of get some people, like, started? Because obviously there's ones like Gloomhaven, which is, like, a larger one. But then there's, like, smaller ones like uh, Stuffed Fables, which is personally one I want to get into eventually. Yeah, Stuffed Fables is really cute. You're basically um, playing different characters as, like, a kid's toys, and you're going through, like, his nightmares, I believe? Yep, yep. You're, you're, the... you're trying to, like, save his nightmares as his... His nightmares are being made manifest kind of thing. And you are literally picking up, like... Your your te your teddy bear warrior has a has a like sewing needle as a sword and a button as his shield. I think the the bunny has a plunger. Has a plunger, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's super cute. It's the best, and it's all like there's no real maps. Like it's all done in a book. Yeah. Is there any other RPGs you could in a box to recommend before going into the full scape that is D and D? Um, I mean stuff like um, again depending on what you like. If you like more horror stuff. There's a zombie side, which is a really great... There's a bunch of different genres for that, too. The traditional one is, like, contemporary times. So you've got a wait, like a roller skating waitress who can wield a chainsaw. Or there's a there's there's a, a homeless man who can join your team. Or, like, the thug character who dual wields Uzis. Um, or the mall cop, who's also a character, because you need a mall cop. First thing, second plays. Paul Blart? Basically. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't think you can get a segue. I don't know about any expansions, but in the core game, you cannot get a segue. Right. Um, but there's, so there's like the core one. There's a, there's a Doom style one of those now. So it's like futuristic sci-fi or there's um, Black Plague, which is more medieval. So it's more akin to D&D. Is that the same company, like the zombie side that did the Marvel one that's coming out? Eventually? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's uh, Simon Games. That's the one that has like the giant Galactus statue. Yeah, okay, yeah. As a giant zombie Galactus. Um, I wish I could have gotten into my Kickstarter, but... <laughs> but then there's stuff like... Um, if you want more sc smaller scale, there's like Mice and Mystics, um, which is a great game for kids. Um, and I know that I have others in my collection. But my brain is dying on me right now. That's true. <laughs> I have too many games in my collection is the problem. Alright, so I know we've definitely covered some of these things, but, like, what would you have any advice for, like, um, people that maybe want to get into being, like, the game master or their dungeon master, but have never never done any any of it before? Do you have any, like, advice for those? Um, don't be afraid. Um, I feel like that's a big one. Um, as I was saying before, my friend that brought me in was completely inexperienced. Um, and to make it even harder on herself... She created her own homebrew world. Oh, okay. So it's she not, went all out. She went all out. She's designing her world from the ground up, um, and it's it's wonderful, and I love it. Um, it's very it's it's a Disney world, is what we're doing. We're playing as Disney princesses. Awesome. So 
like I said, you can do whatever you want. Um, and, like, we've beaten up Captain Hook. We went after Yzma. Uh, oh, what's his name? The big guy who's in Goofy Movie. The neighbor. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking but, about. I like, can't when, remember his name. When he, was yeah. a, when he was a villain back in, like, Steamboat Willie days. Yeah, yep. um, Pete? Pete. That's it. That's Pete. Um, we ran into um, King Louie from Jungle Book. We've fought Jafar in his tower. This is sounding epic. It's so cool. Seems intense. Um, and, like, it's it's one of those things. Like, she she uh, she dove right, right into it head first uh, and took on a group of players who, again, didn't know what they were doing. And we've been killing it. And that's what matters. If everyone's having fun, yeah, right? Yeah. As, as long as you and your players are having fun. Um... And there's this big thing where if the players are having fun, the DM is having fun. I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, it's not necessarily always true. It's not, yeah, it's not always true. It's helpful when the players are having fun. Absolutely. Because it keeps them wanting to come back and hear more of your story. Um, but you also need to be having fun because you are putting ten times the amount of work into what you're working on than your players are. Um, and sometimes your players can just ignore all that work. And sometimes your players can just ignore all that work. <laughs> uh, that happens to our DM. Uh, that I was I was working on a world that was, and I blame Assassin's Creed Origins, because it was Cleopatra in Egypt. Okay. So it's uh, historical fiction based. I had worked it in so that like. Oh, the dragonborn are from the mountains of the Hindu Kush, and Alexander brought them into the rest of the world, kind of thing. And they're like, "Can I play a lizard man?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, they worship crocodiles in Egypt, so I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah. Which was like, it, we only got we were only able to do like a couple sessions of that before, uh, like complications arose in the real world. Of course, Which yeah. is the biggest death of a D&D campaign, unfortunately. That is definitely, yeah, that's definitely the hardest is finding that group to meet. You, you can't have a campaign if you don't have and, players. Yeah, and if and if you can't get together once a month or whatever like that, like, it, it happens. Like, that's... Real life is, yeah, it's happening. Real life is the worst for, for gamers. It really is, yeah, that... It is definitely the hard... I think that might be the hardest part is finding... Yeah, finding people who are committed. And as you get committed. more people only becomes harder because then you're trying to plan around multiple people's schedules yeah, or playing for like two or three or four years it's like oh i forgot i'm not in town this saturday it's like you've known about your vacation for three for three months yeah and you're telling me on thursday yeah the, the day of <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that's definitely true i think another good advice is for people that want to try it is you know there's so many one shots there's so many um and it doesn't even have to be, you know, you don't have to go out and buy one of the books that are like $50, $60, yeah. you know? Uh, you can, there's so many on like Reddit, you know? Yeah, like Reddit, people, or, full, full, like one shots that you can run. There, or like on um, the site that I use is uh, DMs Guild. Um, and there's so much, like, a lot of it is pay what you want, which is, you know, if you have a couple bucks to throw at a creator, absolutely do that. Yeah, support them. But if you're on a budget, like, they put it as pay what you want, expecting people to just punch in zero and go yeah um and then there's there's always places where you can grab like pre-made character sheets or whatever um i think wizards of the coast actually has them downloadable on their website 
So you can do, I think there's two or three for each class. I think even in if you get the D&D starter kit, I think it comes with five pre-made characters. Yeah, yeah. Each of the, yeah. Each of the D&D starter kits come with five, yeah. yeah and that, those boxes are... That's another thing, bucks, I, think. I think. Yeah, those are cheaper instead of grabbing the actual, like, books. Yeah. Price is another big thing I think a lot of people see. Like, you see a and d book and you're like... Oh, it's on sale for $40. For $40. Yeah, Why is like, that still... Yeah. It's definitely, like, I feel like... I always say, like, you know, the player's handbook is, like, you know, it's, like, the Bible. Mm, yeah, the Holy Grail. Like, yep. if you have the money, that's, like... That's the one book that, you need to the, buy. The player's handbook is fantastic. But, I'm not like, we, we play on... Um, we use D&D Beyond for yep. our, our games. And I feel like if you don't have the money, you guys can all pool a couple dollars together. Yeah, and, and buy a joint D&D Beyond. And buy the, yeah, buy the, the subscription, and it can be shared to the whole campaign. Yep. Right? And that's a good way... And that's way, a great way to do it. That's a good way of sharing it, and then you all get access to what you want. Yeah, because D and D Beyond is ten bucks a month. Yeah, it's like six bucks a month for the standard, and then like yeah, like ten, 10 bucks, bucks if you want the, the master. Premium. Yeah, yeah, and that's like if you have a party of a DM and four players, yeah, that's two great. bucks a month for everybody. Yeah, right. Like that's that's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Save a lot of people money. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we were having our one friend. We were talking about it. He was like looking at the the handbook because the thing way D and D Beyond is like. It just has very, very, you know, vanilla stuff, right? And yep. if you want any extra characters or any, you have to either buy the book. It does have cool options where you can buy stuff separately. Like, yep. if you just want a race or just want a class, you can. But, obviously, our, um, our DM does have the, the shared, so he was able to access all. And it's just like, you know... If you guys don't have the money, it is definitely a great option to look into, hey, let's all pull in five, ten bucks and get a couple books and on D&D Beyond and the subscription and we're set to go. Yeah, we do We do the same thing with our games. We, do, we use uh, Roll20 for ours and it's like, you have a, once you have the subscription for it, which I think the baseline one is four or five bucks a month. Okay. Um, and the premium is like ten. Um, and then you can buy like copies of adventure modules rule books everything and it's like it's half the price of a physical copy which is great and it's especially if you're running like an adventure it gives you every magic item that shows up in there every monster that will appear in that book um every handout you're gonna need for something like that like it and every map that you're gonna use which yeah. is huge um at half the cost of the physical book so it's like, yeah, you're you're locked into Roll Twenty, but like, if me the DM has the player's handbook and the couple of their like player focused books that Wizards of the Coast makes, um, you have access to all that. Which is I great. Can, I can make that public, and you can be like, what does this spell do? Do a quick search while you're in Roll Twenty. It's like, oh, this is phenomenal. I need this material component now. <laughs> Where can I find this in game? You know, like it's. There are resources that can get you the books a little bit cheaper, if not considerably cheaper, than market price. Than physical market price, I should say. No, that makes sense. Yeah, well, because, yeah, like, D&D does seem pricey when you first get into it. Or even, in, like, years down the road, like, it is still, like, obviously, obviously, new books. I also partially blame it on the fact that D&D doesn't come soft cover. Correct. Like hardcovers, regardless of what book you get, it's that thing's gonna like, be abused though. It's good that it's on yeah, yeah, it's good that it's hardcover. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but, but like, um, hardcovers are always like ten, fifteen dollars more expensive than a soft cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah whether it be graphic novels, 
novels. Young and that's books. why sometimes like the online versions are nice too, because like you're like I can access it from anywhere. I don't. It's need more to accessible, yeah. yeah. But it's like I have my book and I have like all the tags, you know, like. Yep. Everything. Everything's <laughs> fobbed. You everything. Have every, all your little notes. <laughs> that I like because I, I do and this. This is, carries over into like manga stuff too, but. It's just different when you have an actual physical book. 100%. It just feels nicer and like, it's my book. I can, if I want to write some notes, write in my D&D player handbook, I'm going to do it. Yep. If, if there's a special rule that you know that your dungeon master uses instead of the standard like death rules. Yep. You attach a sticky note right over where it says death saving throws. Yep. So you know, you so, remember. So you know that it's not this. So that you're not going into it going, I only need to roll a 10 or above. It's like. Oh no, we're playing hardcore mode where it's a 15. <laughs> you have to roll a natural 20, you're dead. Because that's a thing. It's called the meat grinder. They introduced it in Tomb of Annihilation. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Not a fan. Um, what are your some of your favorite aspects when it comes to RPGs, whether it be D&D or outside of D&D? Um, just in general. I love a good story. That's one of the things, like all the games that I'm a part of right now, we will go two or three sessions without a combat. Which I know to a lot of people goes... I like that too, though. Yeah. I find combat to be sometimes a little... Almost less rewarding, because it's like... 100%. Some, well, in our campaign right now, we're relatively low level. So as a spellcaster, some of the spells are a little, you know... A little chintzy. They're a little lacking. Yeah. And, you know, you don't feel that boom, boom. But, like, sometimes when you're just role-playing and stuff's happening in the world... And this, you know, this is obviously every DM's different... If you have a solid DM that's the world's still going on when you're making your decisions. Yep. And you have that active world. It, I enjoy that aspect a lot more. I'd rather play three hours of just talking about random crap and doing random things that cause domino effects in the world than have, like, you know, a dungeon crawl or something. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's, like, a massive explosion goes off on the horizon and everyone's over here shopping. And it's like... <laughs> Why weren't we over there? It's like, because you wanted to go shopping in this town. Yeah. Instead of going visiting the capital where, oh, look, they're being invaded by the enemy force right now. Aren't you glad you're not there? But shopping. But shopping is important. Um, yeah, like, it's it's one of those things. Um, characters for me. Like, we... My, my, my big weekend game. Um, we have more fun... Like, it's going to sound really weird, entertaining at the royal court. We were in the royal court of the Unseelie, so the Dark Fae. <laughs> and it's like, this is more fun than the last three times we ran into the Singornian army. Like, can we just stay here and hang out with these guys, except for that guy who's a jerk? <laughs> except that one jerk. That one jerk who's our big bad evil guy of the campaign, and we all know it, but none of the other people at this court know it for sure. Yeah, I think that that also I feel like it obviously depends on party and party and your game master for how things go. But I think that that's also my favorite part of RPGs is just the the way the story evolves with how everyone else interacts. Or the other thing is sometimes you just can't predict how someone else is going to do something. Absolutely, you could like be all set up for a thing, and then your paladin's just like, "Yeah, I'm just going to go charge them." Literally, that was us a couple weeks and, ago. And you you have to turn and go. We're in the middle of a negotiation. <laughs> Literally, like, literally us a couple of weeks ago, we went to like the, went to the, like the guard house yeah. and we were just trying to find information. Oh yeah. And then the one party member, somebody said something wrong him, and stabbed, stabbed the guy. someone. And yep. then we're like, okay, I guess we're fighting. 
It's about that time. <laughs> What's that? I have a character flaw that says, I remember every insult thrown at me and will react aggressively. Cool. <laughs> I don't like being called that name. <laughs> Stab. <laughs> like. No regrets. No regrets. Zero regrets. Everyone's chaotic. It's even better when no one's chaotic, but that still happens. Yep. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm good. I'm lawful good. But he made fun Proceeds of me. Proceeds to, like, cause chaos, and you're like, hmm. How are, are you, you now? Sure, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just don't agree with these laws. Uh, the party's <laughs> changed me. <laughs> yeah. I have my own personal law code. I just don't agree with the capital city. Yeah, but you're from that capital city. It's like... That don't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything anymore. You guys have taught me that there's more to life <laughs> than their specific set of laws. You blame it on everyone else but yourself. Exactly. That that's good role play. That's role playing. <laughs> Top tier role play. Top tier role play. It's not me. It's you. It's you. It's you everyone else. My character was good. You convinced me that this was okay. I'm pretty sure I didn't convince you genocide was a thing that's allowed, guys. Well, it is now. Only role playing games. Only only in role playing games. And what, uh, what, are there any other, like, tools that you guys like to use for any of your, like, role-playing games? Like, or are you guys, um, hardcore with the paper for, um, for a lot of your stuff? Um, I mean, when we're, when we're in person, yeah. Um, I love me my physical dice. I have a small army of them. I'm pretty sure I could decimate a small country, um, with the number of dice I own. Only if you roll well. And, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, D&D jokes. And, like, I... Like, I collect and paint miniatures. Yep. So that's a big thing for me. So if we're playing in person, absolutely. I am making as much of this physical terrain as I possibly can. Um, and I do, like, for my my character for my big Saturday Night game, I filled in all the basics on my character sheet and then slipped it into a page protector. So I could dry erase when I lost hit points, when I, like, spent some money, that kind of stuff. And then everything else, if it was... A class feature, a racial feature, um, a magic item that I had. I typed up little item cards. That's that, awesome. That fit into the little like the, slots, the ones yeah. you use for Pokemon cards and magic cards. Um, yeah, the sleeves. Nice. And I made them for I made the for the magic item stuff. I made that for my entire party. So I I've seen this firsthand. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah, you saw my binder. Yeah. So I literally I handed the paladin a sheet of all the things that I knew that he had. I handed it to our cleric, to our druid. Man, that's awesome. We have a D. We had a, a a DM PC, so it's a player character that our dungeon master controls, who was a massive help to us because um, we needed some range support, um, and she had a couple magic items, so I gave her her cards too. Like, there's the number of like tools out there. I couldn't even begin to list all of them, um, but like for. For like uh, for online stuff, I'm primarily we use Roll Twenty for our games, mm -hmm. um, which has a built-in dice roller, which is wonderful because I don't have to do math. Yeah, um, that's, that's fair. Math is no the one worst. Likes math. As I discovered playing in person over the weekend, <laughs> math is the worst. You got reminded of math. I got reminded of math, and I don't like it. You're like, what do you mean? I have to actually add stuff to these but, dice rolls? But it's funny because whenever our paladin like multi attacks on a thing and hits every time and decides to smite halfway through, <laughs> so he's got all the different numbers there. I'm the first one who gets them all added up properly, just in my brain. And it's like I still hate math, guys. I'm just not terrible at it. Um, and then like for for our 
Like, Roll20 is great, too, because it has, it has a chat bar. So yep. if you want to, like, whisper anything to a specific player, you can... There's oh, a, that's neat. There's a whisper hack that you can do. Not a hack, but, like, a code that you can punch in. It's, like, slash W... This a specific character person, name, yeah. And then it'll show up on their, their chat bar only in yellow, so they know that it's a whisper. Um, but they also have uh, audio and video capability as well, so you can use that as your teleconference, basically. Yeah, that's um, cool. But we use we use Zoom for ours. Yeah, um, we use uh, we use Discord for ours. Yeah, we were using Discord. We were having problems with recording it. Ah, uh, so um, yeah, we don't have to record it. So uh, yeah. Yeah, we 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 started recording our sessions just for our own personal use. See, um, that would be a good way of remembering what happens. Exactly. Here's the thing, though. I stopped taking notes. Oh yeah, I also stopped taking um, notes. That was a bad call because. Sometimes there's stuff that I need to reference, and I'm like, well, you know, if I was a better note taker, this would be a but lot it's, easier. But it's funny, because like half the time, it's like, how do you remember that character's name? That was six months ago, or a year and a half ago, and it's like, uh, just, my brain, I just happened to remember. I, I breathe Dungeons and Dragons. It's the thing that I do. Yeah, we, uh, we don't record our sessions, so similar to the Whisper, I'll just like DM. You yeah, know, yeah especially if you're on Discord, you yeah, can just DM, DM them directly. Yeah. who you are talking to. Um, for us, it's like pretty much our main Discord for our friends that we play games with. Yep. Just so happens to be the same one. So we just have like our you separate D and D channel for when we play. So it just works. It's just easier for everyone because they're there, right? For but sure. we've uh, we've also like we use all we all use D and D Beyond. I feel like we do have a couple first time playing, and it's it's just so easy for helping make your character and guiding you through oh, it, absolutely. right? So. We used that, and then um, we used a Steam game. I think it's still in beta. It's called Tailspire. Okay, and, I've heard of this one. And then, like, you know, you get, like, your minis, and you can, the DM can make up, like, certain scenarios. Because for the most part, we do a lot of, um, you know, like, imagination, like, mind, you know. And you have to use your own creative. But we do have some people that do better with visuals. Yep. Right? So if there's, like, a fight or an important area, maybe our DM will take the time to make that in Tailspire. And then we would all go in and you have your minis. And we actually just last week switched over to, um, it's called Foundry. And it's just, it's not as cool in terms of 3D because it's not 3D. It's a lot more 2D. But it has a lot more powerful in terms of like, it can, um, like we use our D&D Beyond. We roll a D&D Beyond, but it will show up in the chat log in Foundry. Oh, that's cool that they're linked. And it has a lot of like, our, our DM is... He's a, um, he's a coder, programmer. Um, so it's a lot of, a lot of learning, but if you're good with code, like there's, it's, there's so many things you can do with the tool. So he likes it more and it has all the spells. Like if I cast one of my spells, it'll pop up in the chat log. You can see what it does. It can show up for the DM so he doesn't have to ask you to read it. It'll be right there for him to read too, for yep. your party to read if you want them to read it. Cause you can also do, um, Right there, you can do your attack roll, just click it. You can do your, you know, damage roll. And then the DM also has the option to do um, stealth rolls. So you can do it so some other people don't see rolls. It's yep. definitely a very cool tool. Yeah, uh, Roll20 has that th has that too. You can roll to the DM. Yep, specifically, or, yeah. Yeah, or the DM can just roll to themselves. Um, so they're, like, whispering rolls to themselves. So yeah, it's the, like, the I virtual dice is becoming here. cool, yeah. Yeah. But it, like you said... Rolling physical dice, nothing There's beats nothing physical. compared to it. It's just, you know, and seeing the natural 20, like, 
Yep. It's not as rewarding on, uh, cause then all the math happens. You don't even know half the time if you rolled a natural 20, you have to yep. early look and be like, oh no, I did roll a natural 20. That, that, that's one of the things, uh, on roll 20, if you roll a natural one, fireworks, the number shows up in red. Oh. And if you roll a natural 20, it shows up in green. Okay. So, so you, it's like, no matter what the math is, it's it'll like still bonus. have that red or that green. You still know. Yeah. Pass or fail. Pass or fail. Which is really funny when it's a damage roll, because they still do the minimum and the maximum show up yep. in red or green. So it's like, why is my fireball red. critted? And it's like, oh, because I rolled four ones. Well, there you go. That's why. <laughs> this is great. It's just oh. fitting, and you know, it had to be red, it's fireball. Yeah. Oh, wait, but I'm an elementalist wizard. I can just re-roll those ones. Oh, dear. I think that wraps up most of what we want to talk about. For yeah, this for this episode, episode, yeah, we'll definitely have Tim back for a future episode, more D and D themed. But before we go, Tim, where can the listeners find you? Are you on any social medias and stuff? Uh, the big one for me right now uh, is my Instagram account, uh, which is Door N O Two Studios on Instagram, awesome. and I post on there about all my uh, a bunch of my big miniature projects that I'm working on. There's a couple on there for the nerdy cross-stitch stuff that I do. Um, nerd. Nerd. <laughs> what I a know, nerd. Right? What a nerd, this guy. But yeah, that's the main place you can find me. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, definitely, uh, when we release this episode and stuff, obviously, we'll toss you up on the social medias. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys, in conclusion, that is the introductory episode of Tim. Thank you for listening and supporting the Nerdy Misfit Podcast and the Misfit Island in general. I'm Matt. No, I'm Connor. And I'm Tim. And we will see you guys next Wednesday.